Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. We speak today to Zeph Reeves, who is the CEO of Tesoro Resources, SX listed gold explorer with assets in Chile. We talked to them about the three-year period where they developed this thing privately using their own money uh, and that of high net worth and friends and family. Uh, and then when they finally came to list, um, what the challenges were that they had set themselves out to try and resolve. Um, Chile is an interesting place to do business. Uh, so we talked to them about uh, their contacts in country and uh, how they go about pl- planning on spending their six million bucks that they've got for the rest of this year. So sit back and enjoy the podcast. Zeph, how are you doing, sir? Yeah, I'm great, Matt. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Yep, hold up here in the UK. Um, you're in Perth. How are things over there? Yeah, slightly luckier than you, I'd, I'd say. It's sort of business as usual for us. So uh, we're able to get out and about and have a fairly normal life, which is good. Yeah, very nice. Not, not a bad spot in the world either. Hey, so look, uh, first time we've met, first time we've spoken, new story to us. So why don't you give us that one minute overview of the business and we'll, I'll pick it up from there. Yeah, sure. Um, Tesoro is a, a gold-focused company uh, with, a, with a significant gold asset in Chile. We established it in 2017 um, and uh, it's been listed on the ASX since uh, February 2020 this year. Um, and since establishing the company, we've acquired the El Zorro Gold Project, which is the focus of the company. And um, we've done about, we're into our third round of drilling there, and, and things are going pretty well. Well, it seems to be if I look at the share price, for sure. So, been going since February. Um, obviously, a new story. Why, why go public? Um, a couple of reasons. One is to, to give us access to additional capital, obviously, and, you know, it's a lot easier to raise capital for a resources project um, in the public market. And um, also, we had a, a good, strong base of fairly long-term shareholders from, from our inception and uh, obviously looking forward to a um, liquidity point and, and somewhere to potentially exit at some point in the future, um, which, uh, which, you know, Getting it into the ASX, into a public market, certainly gives them that opportunity. Not that they've gone anywhere so far. So uh, everyone's happy with the way we're progressing and see plenty of upside um, continuing to come. We'll get into the business plan in a second here, but um, tell me a little bit about what you've been doing since 2017 through to this go public uh, in in February this year. So what happens during that period? Uh, so originally, the the company was founded by myself, uh, Jeff McNamara, who's one of the non-executive directors, and our man in Chile, um, Sergio Uribe. Um, he's a he's a old business colleague of mine. Sergio and I have done numerous um, things in Chile over the course of about ten years, um, both in the public and private space. And then Jeff and I have known each other from back in the dim darks. Uh, running underground gold operations here in Western Australia. We, we were part of the production team at um, a deep gold mine called Bounty, which is now the Mount Holland Lithium project. Um, so we, so it's a group of guys that have all known each other for, for quite some time. I've spent a considerable amount of time in Chile, obviously, with Surge. Uh, we saw some nice assets coming um, across the desk, and um, El Zorro was one of them. So we... Uh, managed to put our minds together, uh, raise a little bit of money back in 2017 and founded the company um, and acquired El Zorro. 
And then off the back of that, we raised around three and a half million um, Australian dollars privately. Uh, and we um, drilled 17 diamond drill holes into our Zorro uh, with that money, as well as um, acquiring the project. We, we expanded the tenement holdings, um, set up all the corporate infrastructure and got the ball rolling to essentially get the company listed um, on the ASX. And I, I guess, you know, we'll, we'll very encouraged by the uh, those initial 17 holes and saw a significant gold system emerging out of our Zorro, um, which gave it really gave it the impetus to, to have quite a successful um, listing early this year. And, and the, the success that we've had going through the year so far has been quite good. I mean, you chose a heck of a time to list. Months later, COVID. Yeah, well, Excellent. Well, we were, we were very lucky. So we, I mean, it was tough to raise the money initially. And we did the transaction via a reverse takeover of, a, of an old jewellery shell, believe it or not. So from one gold product, um, a finished product to a, to a raw material gold product, if you like. Uh, and, um, you know, just the nuances of, of doing the reverse takeover and, um, and, and working through that process took a little longer than expected and it was pretty tough going trying to raise capital coming up to christmas and um all of those kinds of things and then we managed to just get it done just prior to COVID hitting uh which was very lucky that we did because things kind of locked up a bit for a few months there but um you know we happened to just um, you know, a little bit of good management, but a lot of good luck in terms of that timing and step straight into, you know, a great bull gold market with uh, lots of interest, particularly in um, sort of that, that um, gold exploration space, particularly now on the ASX. Well, I'm sort of intrigued. I'm sorry, I don't mean to labour this one, but I'm just intrigued because you're sitting at, where, where are we, sort of 85 million Aussie straight out of this, you know, uh, you know, having launched in February, having gone public in February, obviously, Gold, really strong gold bull market uh, in Australia, uh, well, and globally, but with the Australian dollar being like it is, is it perfect timing, or was it your track record, or because you haven't even got a maiden resource yet? So, you know, what what are people buying into? What are they seeing? Uh, look, I think it's a it's a combination of all of those factors, um, and we've the the benefit of being private for that three years was the preparation of the company and being able to um, do that initial drilling we've de-risked it geologically straight off the bat so we're not stepping into a greenfields exploration play it's brownfields it's almost resource definition straight off the bat we're able to be on the ground on day one of listing drilling um, we achieved some phenomenal results we knew where to drill um, we knew where the extensions would go, and we've since found more of those extensions um, as part of that drill program. So, you know, we were fully permitted, and we had all those boxes already ticked. We'd done all that work as a private company. So on day one of the ASX listing, hit the ground running. It's been a steady flow of results. And look, we've now announced 27 holes into the market um, since... Uh, since inception, so those first 17 that we drilled privately, we've drilled another 10 since, and we're, we're in the current drilling program now, and we'll start to see those results come through soon. But all of those 27 holes have all hit gold mineralisation. So myself as a geologist, I've never been involved in a project where you've, you know, you always miss at some point in time. Um, so far, we haven't missed, 
you know, arguably every hole's got a mineable width of gold mineralisation in it, and some of them got some, you know, some, some world-class exceptional drilling intercepts. So I think that's a function of, of all that groundwork that was done as a private company and, and gave us the, I guess, the, the momentum to, to have achieved really good success um, as soon as we hit the market. And the other thing is, is now we've been able to demonstrate the potential scale of this deposit. I mean, it's located in, in a fantastic location. We have access to infrastructure. There's a port 50 kilometres away where our guys stay. So it's starting to tick all these boxes. We don't have issues with altitude. We don't, we won't have issues with water because we can take water from the ocean. Um, all these things. So a lot, a lot of that type of risk is already taken out of this project. And I think the market's starting to, to realise that and, um, you know, give us evaluation um, and I, I think still when you look at some of the peers in the in the ASX with Australian assets we're, we're still pretty lowly valued compared to some of the other companies that are out there without a resource. Well, well that's what that's what's intriguing me about the way that you've gone about it because you know I worked in private equity um, in another life and then moved into the public markets and it would, the way you've gone about it is attractive in the sense that you've where did you get the money from during the private phase from 17 through to 20? Friends and family? So the founders, yeah, a little bit from friends and family and high net worth um, guys through our private network and the initial funding came came through the founders of the company. Um, you know, and Jeff McNamara has been a great supporter of, of, um, of the concept and, and um, the project and the team um, and Sergio and myself. So, um, and Jeff's also got a background in um, the finance industry and private equity. So, you know, there's some strong networks there that we're able to draw upon to, to fund the company privately for that initial funding. Um, but, you know, that's not to say that it, it didn't have a tick ups along the way, as these things always do. And, and it probably took us a little longer than expected to, to get the company listed. Um, but again, you know, we stepped into some fortuitous timing. Um, and, We've also been able to attract the investment of a couple of uh, decent-sized Chilean family offices. So we have some local local um, Chilean investment on our registered as well, and, and they've followed their money in on the listing and, and on the recent capital raising as well. So we've got a really good, strong register of long-term support, and a majority of our initial seed investors are still on the register. It's kind of, it, again, it's, it's, I'm very interested in the way you've gone about it because most companies who are sitting at market caps much lower than yours, who've gone public immediately and are going through the kind of anguish uh, of raising capital to do some of the things you've already done within the private phase. Um, and it, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a different process. It's, um, it's a different risk profile to the capital. It's a different type of money. So the, the money you've raised prior to going public sounds like smart money people who know what they're doing and you have got to back yourself um, or risk lose, losing um, face, I guess, with people, you know, like high net worth and family offices. So. Yeah, and look, there's been, you know, we've put our own personal money into this company as well and that's sort of got us up that learning curve of, of what the project was and, and how, how we think it's going to, to plan out. And I think we've gone through it very methodically we've been able to map out and 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 spell out to our investor base what we're going to do um we've executed well we're very lucky that we've got a superb team in country that's able to um, carry out the work and um 
you know, I don't think we oversell anything. We just let the project speak for itself. And, you know, there's an old old adage in the exploration game, if uh, the exploration geos can't kill it, then it's probably a good project. And, and essentially that's what we task our guys to do, to do on the ground, kill the project. And if it doesn't die, then it'll keep keep going along and through the development phase into production. And ultimately that's what our, our big game is, is to take this through to production. Hence the location, um, the size and scale of, of and grade of deposit that we're sort of targeting here. It's not inconceivable that a company our size can take one of these projects through to uh, to production. Okay, and the next question is really for non-Aussie investors, but why didn't you take the opportunity when you took the shell over to do a rollback? sitting at, you know, whatever it is, a large number of shares at, 476 million shares at, which is an Aussie thing, but doesn't tend to happen in Canada or, or Europe. Yeah, well, we actually did. We crunched the shell fairly heavily when uh, when we did the transaction, so they had a lot more shares on issue. Um, and I think, you know, it's just the nature of the, of the capital structures that evolve on the ASX at the junior end of the market. Um, it, tends to make for a, a little more of an exciting ride in terms of liquidity and so on on the market because it also attracts a lot of retail investment, um, you know, so, um, and, and you know, the stock's had good volume through it for, for quite a while now and a lot of that's driven by the retail side of things. But, um, you know, I think it, as things evolve, we'll start to see some of, some of the um, more institutional um, and, and um, long-term money coming Stick with us, and, and we'll see that trickle away. But um, you know, that's just a function of, I guess, the junior market in, in the ASX as well. Okay, well, let's um, talk about the share registry. Can you kind of break that down for me in terms of you mentioned a couple of Chilean family offices there, the management team. You know, how much have you guys put in? How much have you personally put in? And you know, how much is that retail component? Yeah, so our um, share register as it stands, so our actual biggest shareholder is one of the Chilean family offices. They've got around 6%. Um, and between the management team, um, you know, we own a significant amount of the company. We're sitting at around um, 15% combined at the moment. So, um, you know, and it was always set up in that regard where we're, we're all incentivized and aligned with, with all of our shareholders to, um, to, to create some value there. And, uh, and, um, you know, not pull cash out of this. We're not there for that. We're there to build a mine. So um, that's really what we're focused on. Uh, and then we have a, a number of high net worths and, and a couple of small um, sort of opportunities funds or branches of some of the larger institutional groups with their smaller opportunities funds on, on the register as well. And then obviously a larger retail pile well, off the back of that. How much retail? So uh, retail is probably about uh, 50% of the register, I guess. Okay, interesting. And how much money have you raised to date, both pre and post um, going public? So pre-IPO, we raised three and a half. And then since, and then on the listing, we raised uh, five and a half, all Aussie dollars, and we've just raised uh, another six and a half. Mm, so much cash. We're currently sitting on around, yeah, we're currently sitting at about six cash in the bank today. Okay, so you sent you spent ten million bucks of that and how's that been broken down? How much in the ground? How much on GNA? Um, a, a majority of it's in into the ground. Um, we've done a lot of work at um, our Zara, for example, we've um, collected um, 
around 3,000 surface samples. There's a lot of outcrop there, so it's all good hard rock surface sampling. We've drilled, um, well, as of today, we've drilled 40-odd um, holes uh, in total. Um, we've done uh, a couple of rounds of geophysical surveying, and we've also expanded our concession holdings from an initial 1,500 hectares and now, now we're out to a, a total ground holding of around um, just under 300 square kilometres, covering about 50 kilometres of what we think is the prospective strike in this district. Um, and then in terms of GNA, look, those costs are fairly minimal um, in terms of the percentage of uh, our spend. It's around um, between 10 and 15 percent of the total total spend. We don't have a head office here in Australia. I've worked from home. Um, and a very small office in Santiago, and we've got our field office in Caldera, and that's where all the action is. So that's where all the money's getting spent. So, and do you think so? That's the that ten million. What are you going to be doing with the six million or six and a half? Uh, so we've got we're in the middle of a drilling campaign now, and we can see that expanding fairly rapidly. So we planned an initial five thousand meters of drilling to do. Um, I think that's going to expand considerably. Um, we're seeing some big extensions from, from the work that we're doing now. Um, the recent geophysical survey that we did highlighted a number of extensions um, where we had uh, a, a really good anomaly directly correlating to some of our best drilling results. And we've seen where that goes and, and we're put, um, we've drilled some of that already. Uh, and um, if they come in, then you know, we've got a, quite a big tiger by the tail and I think we'll be drilling for some time to get a get a resource out of this. But um, look, we're well funded, well and truly funded through to, a, you know, a lot of drilling between now and the middle of next year, really, to be able to drill another 10, 20,000 odd metres. You know, we've got some really good, um, our drilling contractors got a very competitive uh, cost for us. Um, so. It's really just coming down now to a matter of um, how many drill rigs we're going to put there to, to drill it out. You know, we're, we're reasonably sure there's going to be a, a deposit there and, not, and it's just coming down to drilling now to determine how big that deposit's going to be. How much of what you're doing do you think the market is giving you credit for or is it just all about the gold price? Uh, no, I think the market's waking up now like, like to, to, to Zorro. Um, I mean, some of these drill intercepts that we've announced uh, you know, I would say they're up to world-class drill intercepts. You know, we're seeing multiple hundred gram meter intercepts. Um, it's big. You know, I think our biggest one that we've announced to date is around 120 odd meters wide at nearly two grams with high grade zones in it, which we see typically there. Um, and they're not one-offs. You know, they're they're regular drill intercepts like that. And you know, we're seeing the same sorts of material come out of the current drilling. And um, I think the market's waking up. To that scale and then we throw that geophysics overlay onto it and you can see where those high grade holes are you can see where the geophysics anomaly goes to and how big that potentially could be so they start to get an idea of that scale and um and just the fact that their success rate on their drilling is so high you know 100 percent success rate in terms of um of, of returning um, mineralized intercepts um, and the fact that it is de-risk, you know, we, it's not a conceptual model anymore. This is a real thing. It's an outcropping ore body, sticks out of the ground, drilled to 300 metres, drilled about 800 metres of strike of it now, between 150 and 200 metres wide, 
So we've got a lot more drilling to do to define it. But come on, there's, there's got to be an aspect. You must have a view on the market because a year ago, if you were doing this, I'm not sure you'd have got the reaction that you're, you're getting now. So obviously, gold price has got to be a big part of this. So t- timing is everything, right? Yeah, absolutely. And look, we've been, I think the whole market here in Australia is riding on the on the coattails of some of the other success stories. There's people would have been taking profits out of those stories and looking for somewhere else to... Um, to see the next one, and, and we're hoping Tesoro is the next one. You know, it's got all the all the ingredients are there. Um, the gold's in the ground. We know it's there. It's uh, looking like it's going to be an attractive um, deposit to kick off with. It's located perfectly. It's in a great jurisdiction. So, you know, it ticks all those boxes. And I think once we see some of that money coming out of those other companies, when and, and we're starting to see a little bit of that now, I suspect, then, um, you know, that provides a fairly good impetus for for um, for our share price as well. And look, we can point to a number of companies in, in the market at the moment that have got market caps significantly higher than ours, um, and they're producing drill intercepts that I would argue are nowhere near as good as what we're doing. So um, when you look at a like-for-like, we're like, um, probably getting a slight discount simply because of the jurisdiction people... See Chile as being on the far side of the of a great big ocean, and um, you know they can't make that direct connection, so they give it a bit of a discount. But um, you know I think they're starting to see that uh, we do what we say we're going to do, and we're able to produce some um, pretty impressive results. I think we'll continue to do so. It's an interesting point you make. You know each market gives a discount to something which is far away. So the Canadians with discount projects in Australia listed on the TSX, TSXB. Yeah. And they'll pay a premium for Chilean projects in Canada. Exactly. In their backyard, you know. So, um, And look, I would argue that Chile is a easier place to operate for a mining company and an exploration company than Australia. You know, maybe Western Australia, which is ranked higher in the Fraser Institute rankings. But look... Once you're permitted in Chile, which we are, and that's been one of the other, um, uh, you know, major success factors for us, we're going to be on the ground tomorrow drilling. We're on the ground tomorrow drilling. We're not sitting here waiting for a permit, waiting for um, Joe Bloggs to open his gate for his farm and all these other things that typically arise in the early stages of exploration. We're on crown land in the middle of the Atacama Desert. We've got no... um, obstruction to any of the work we're doing so um, and we've got access to um, drilling rigs drilling contractors assay labs workforce almost instantly and so that's allowed us to be um, you know very reactive in terms of being able to get on the ground straight away and and we can do it and um, as we've gone along you know we've built up our team into larger numbers we've got two drill rigs there now and we've got about five geologists on site so they're all working away and we're just talking to our drilling contractor now about um, getting some more rigs on site. So um, it's all very easy to do. And it's, it's a good mining jurisdiction for sure. But um, COVID, you literally one month after you launched, COVID kind of hits and some of the restrictions starts hitting some of the South American countries, even people, even places like Chile. Um, has that held you back? Because you've been talking about putting out a maiden resource this year. So what's going to happen? Yeah, look, and I think, you know, we our aspiration is to get a maiden resource out. But uh, I think that's going to come down to a function of how big the deposit is. And I think um, at this stage, we keep 
you know, adding hundreds of metres of strike onto it. So we may need a little bit more time to do that maiden resource, um, you know, and it could be into, you know, a number of thousands of metres of drilling that we've got ahead of us. Um, and so that's a good problem to have, and uh, we're happy to do that. But in terms of COVID, look, it has had some logistical impacts for us, but it's had no direct impact to us. Um, our guys on site have had to put in some extra procedures, get some extra permits to come in out of town, things like that. Of course, some minor delays um, logistically getting samples assayed um, when they get moved around um, between where the, the lab prepares them and where they actually do the assay. So um, there's been a few minor delays in that regard. But um, again, you know, I, I um, can't emphasise enough how lucky we are to have a really good professional team in country and a group of guys that I've worked with before that that we trust and um, they just get on with it and they find solutions and they work through all those problems. So, you know, in terms of, um, you know, holding up the project, so far so good and, and we've got a, a lot of um, sort of procedures and, and methods in place to, to sort of negate any potential delays around COVID. So. Um, we've been lucky in that regard. And I suppose the other thing to note is that 85% of the COVID cases in Chile have been contained within Santiago. And obviously we're 800 kilometres north up in the Atacama Desert, pretty sparsely populated. So the impact's been um, less noticeable. Okay. So let's come back to the plan and the strategy for delivering it. Because I want to know, I want to know, what am I buying into? So a whole bunch of drilling, you've talked about 40 holes uh, being drilled. Um, you're, you're encouraged by what you see, the geophysics, etc. But at some point, I need to know what you're, what you're going to be doing. Are you, what size of resource, maiden resource do you want to put out? You know, because it's the maiden resource, it's important. It's a, it's a real marker in the sand for people to go, I've got a sense of what the scale of the operation is. I understand the grades. So what do you, what, what's your plan? What's your thinking? Yeah, I think at this stage it's probably too early to speculate on the size of a maiden resource. Um, no, but you must have an idea you in your know, head as to what you want to put out. Yeah, do you want is one million ounces enough? Does it need to be two million? I mean, how you've got companies with different strategies yeah, all around the world. This, uh, yeah, that's right. And I think in this part of the world, because of the location, if you had a half a million ounce resource that you could wrap something around, you'd seriously look at taking that into production. But I think you know we're seeing substantially larger system here. Um, we've got a step change to go up to uh, a million ounces. And, you know, I think we're probably going to be drilling for a long time to try and sort of reach those sorts of numbers. But look, it's early days so far um, in terms of, you know, understanding how big that can be. We've been fairly ambitious in targeting some of the holes on the geophysical anomaly. Um, material coming out of those holes looks, at, looks like it should be the right material. Um, it, the assay labs, the truth machine would give us those results. And uh, if they come in, then, then you know, that will give us a bit more confidence of, of you know, potential scale change, if you like. So um, regardless of that, we've still got a lot of drilling ahead of us to define that maiden resource. But, I, you know, I think I could probably safely say we're going to be drilling beyond the end of this year um, just based on what we're seeing today it's just every time we do work on this it grows so um you know we're heading into into a you know significant size deposit and whether it's 
half a million ounces, a million ounces, two million ounces. I think it's too early to say. Okay, if I may, so Seth, what, I'm not asking you to say what do you think this, the total size of this operation is. I'm trying to understand from you, the management team, the board, you sit down, you have discussions, go, I tell you what, if as soon as we hit a half million ounce resource, let's pull the trigger, that's our main resource. Or you're going to say, no, we're going to keep this thing going until we hit two million. We want to go to market with something big and meaningful, or we want to get into early product, you know, get into early you know, development and therefore production on this thing. So what, what's the strategy? I need to know what I'm buying into. Yeah, so I think that, you know, the, the bottom line on that is, you know, our aspiration is to have a, a resource which is able to support at least a 10-year mine life at 100,000 ounces a year. So, um, you know, that's where we'd like to see it heading and upwards of there. Okay. You know, I think that's the bottom line. Okay, thank you for clearing that up. Track record. Who has created value for shareholders in the past? I mean, when we start with you, what have you done? Uh, so previously, I've done something a little bit similar to this in um, in Brazil. Uh, identified a, a new, I guess, mineralisation style and, and geological district um, for for gold, and and with a, another Australian junior um, quite some years ago now, uh, delineated that system. Um, to find um, a gold deposit and their whole project was actually sold to one of the mid-tiers um, who have since mined it. And I guess our Zorro is in parallel to that. Um, this is a highly unusual mineralising system for Chile. They, the, the style hasn't been described before. Um, so it's an intrusive related gold system, our Zorro. Um, definitely hasn't been um, described before in Chile. may have been mined by private companies. Um, so it's a little bit unusual and I think we've been able to pull those ingredients together for what we think that is to, to expand that ground position. So I had done something previous to that in Brazil, um, have discovered and delineated um, all by, another all body in Brazil and, and built a, uh, a gold mine there um, and been involved in the copper space in Chile, both at the, at the private and in the public um, um, sector in Chile with a couple of uh, other projects as well. So, um, you know, I've got a, a long history of of doing this type of thing, I guess, in, um, you know, initially I started off in production, underground production in Western Australia in, in um, underground gold and nickel mines, um, and found myself doing advanced exploration work in feasibility studies and so on. Um, and, and through development and construction of mines. Um, I've even worked for the administrators of, of um, some of the accountancy firms here in, in WA, helping them to, to wind down mines that had gone into administration. So I've covered all aspects and, and got a good, um, I guess, commercial background for um, developing a uh, new deposit. Um, and, you know, well supported by particularly Sergio in, in country there. So Sergio's has done similar things um, to that in Chile. He's uh, been involved in the building of a, of a um, gold project previously as well in, in the private space um, and, uh, and other um, uh, tailings treatment projects and so on in, in Chile. So he, he's also got a, a very good track record for just getting things done and, and knowing how to, how to get things done in Chile. And then uh, Jeff McNamara, he's ha he had a long, long history in 
production as well. Um, before moving across into the corporate finance world, where he um, assessed and financed a number of you know fairly large mines and mining companies through his career, um, and I guess you know that's a good tick of approval. The fact that he likes um, El Zorro, he likes um, you know, I guess Sergio and I were the first. He was the first guy we had to sell this to, right? Because um, he, he helped bring a lot of the capital in at the very beginning, and um, you know, so so far he's been a fantastic supporter. And, and to get, a, I thought, a, I guess, past his gate um, after his experience in in um, in the financial markets, financing mining operations. Um, it, was the first check and once that tick came we sort of had the confidence to know that we're onto something pretty good. Are you worried at all that there's so much euphoria around gold companies at the moment? There's a lot of companies who are getting funded who don't have what you've got but they're, they're creating noise and distraction from people like yourselves. Are you worried that um, you're going to, do you think you're going to be able to raise capital for the next stage? What, what is it that you think you're going to need to do with your six million bucks to be able to get the market interested in, in you amongst the hundreds of companies out there clamoring for capital? Yeah, I think the, the main focus for that sort of short to medium term is to get the market cap, cap of the company up to a significant level where it starts to attract that that next level of institutional investment mm. um, to go to that next stage of development. And that sort of, you know, all of a sudden that whittles down the field, right, from being an exploration company to a development company with significant deposit um, sitting on your balance sheet that they can see a pretty clear pathway to, to funding through to production. Um, and, you know, we're confident that Alzari can deliver that. And, look, in terms of the other noise that's out there, look, that's part of the game, um, you know, we, our team and, and our company needs to stay focused on what we can do. We can't control what, what others are doing. Um, we think we've got a standout asset. Um, we've been able to deliver um, on what we've told the market that we would deliver. And I think we're continuing to do that. And um, that's all we can do. You know, we can't influence what, what the other companies are doing. And you're right, there is some uh, neurology plays getting quite well financed and um, you know, that's up to them. We're, we're not in that game. We're into uh, um, a deposit to define and uh, then move it through its next stage of development, which we would hope would be a, a fairly quick scoping study and into feasibility as quickly as we can once we've got that initial resource defined. Okay, Zeph, look, um, I think I've taken enough of your time today. So uh, thanks for coming on the show, telling us the story. It's a new one to us, new to our audience as well. Um, stay in touch. Let us know how you're getting on with that drilling, uh, and we'll hopefully catch up soon. Yep, great. Thanks for taking your time, Matt. Thank you. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to Cruxcast or our website, cruxinvestor.com, and of course, our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming, and we'll speak to you again soon.